amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Knockback, the retro and nostalgia podcast, is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our show, go to patreon.com slash laststandmedia. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to Knockback. My name is Colin Moriarty. I'm joined, as always, by my brother, Dagan, SPF 50 Moriarty Dagan. Thank you for joining me today, my friend. How are you? Thank you for not saying 70. 70, yeah. No. <laughs> what yeah, what do you wear? You do you I do uh, wear 50, but I still I got the I'm blessed with the Italian olive oh, skin, yeah. maybe Dude, a I, little su- southern Irish. I don't know if it's coming through, but like I could I'm, see I see I'm, you, man. I'm You know, so Micah Micah's mom before she met me had told her Okay. That she's you know she's some some black lady and like her you know she's like in her fifties I think and okay. she was like he's like she's like wow apparently literally said wow he looks Roman oh he looks like Mark Antony what wow can you believe it I think that's the nicest thing I've ever heard I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like holy shit is your mom single that's amazing wow so. You know, because, dude, I'm looking so dark right now. I, I, I don't think it's even properly coming through. I'm very proud of the base I have going on right now. What are you wearing, if I may ask? I, I wear the SPF 50 myself. Okay. I'm like floating around in the water. I'm swimming around. Yeah, you're out there. So I'm starting to get a little bit of a redneck. I, I'll tell you, dude, like I, I um, my pool guy, my new pool guy, I love the new pool guy. He's got like he's outside and you can always tell it was so funny. Like he was on his chest, like fucking around with my liner and his neck is just scorched. Like I assume just permanent perma scorch. Yeah. And he's I'm got like the like, leather. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's some stuff yeah. right there, man. That's some that's some Red Dead Redemption right there. <laughs> well, my friend, this is our as everyone out there, I think knows this is our retro and nostalgia podcast. You actually bought me some time this week because. I am running around like a fucking chicken with my head cut off the last 10 days or so. <laughs> so we're doing a uh, one of the po- we always look at these as like really low effort <laughs> version, like uh, episodes of Knockback, at least I do from my yes. perspective, because it requires almost no preparation. Right. Except we've got some notes down and uh, just these are the ones down that- into the memories, digging them out. Right, exactly. And this is one of those episodes and people seem to love them more than the episodes where I'm like fucking toiling away. I'm like becoming a <laughs> I'm like a scribe with like Battlestar Galactica notes. We get like, you know, 7000 listens on that. podcast. It does I, I, seem like that. Like, yeah. right. These low lift episodes are like, you know, I like it because they're conversational. I often learn something I didn't know about Kyle or something else regarding the family or memories, reflections and all that. But yeah, it's a people do seem to like these episodes. Now yeah, we're gonna I, totally jinx it. This is gonna be the one where people are like, "Stop doing these." Episodes. Yeah, yeah, they're like, "Get back to you." Uh, some people, were, yeah, exactly. Some people were getting crazy, being like, "You know, uh, you guys should do Game of Thrones books after this." And I'm like, "Oh my, do you God. want me to? It's good shit, but do you want me to also kill myself at this time?" <laughs> can I go? Can I do? It's the same thing with video games. They're like, "Guys, you got to do some more video games." I'm like, "We'll keep." Telling us and voting for games, and we'll never ever get to any of the games you want to get to. <laughs> I'll give you a spoiler for one that we're doing. 
Look at that. There it oh is. Oh my God. I remember that. I, I remember that it. strategy guide, dude. I'm using the strategy guide. I never do yeah. that, but I'm doing it this time. No, I I find Zelda digging held up a legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time um, uh, strategy guide, which we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks. I'm excited to play it too because I have not played it, I don't think, all the way through since high school or maybe so college. Good. It, I'm, I mean, oh, that game was so that good. game was revolutionary when it came when it came out, and I'm, I'm excited to imagine. talk about it. Oh my god, I loved it. I can imagine. I, I was obsessed with it, but <laughs> I feel like Zelda is a game that's perfect for strategy guides. I think Zelda. When I think strategy guides, I think of Zelda. Yeah. I think of the Zelda guides I wrote, and I also think of the Zelda guides that I've used. Yeah. Because it's it's like what what Zelda's all about is you do this, and then you ha- you go to the first dungeon. Maybe you get. Think about think about um Link to the Past. Yeah, you'd go into the Dark World, and you get you have to go to the first dungeon, but then you get the mallet. The mallet allows you to smash down all of those posts, so you can get to all these right. places you couldn't do. That's right. when the guide cuts in. That's when the guide's like, go get heart piece eight, nine, and ten. Go get this item. Go do this and this oh, with the mallet. Yeah. Then go, you know, that's the way I used to write them. Absolutely, and, and I used so, to call them flow charts. So it'd be like, but in the in the original Legend of Zelda, for instance, you can I think get like three heart pieces, the second sword, the second tunic, like a bunch of shit before doing anything. <clears throat> out and, of order. Right. Out of sequence. Right. So That's I think brilliant. Zelda's made for strategy guys, but we'll it's save cryptic. all It's cryptic. Uh, it could be, if you're not of a certain mind or you don't like, we're always a little pressed for time for the show, even though we still obviously enjoy these escapades, right? But Zelda's cryptic sometimes. So strategy guide, perfect fit, right? Just avoid that frustration and just keep it fluid. Keep it, keep it rolling. The first Zelda is beyond cryptic. <laughs> so you would have to go around introduction with a, to cryptic games. Yeah, totally. Go around we with a candle and just was. burn every bush you know, and just do crazy shit like that. I mean, so great. I can only imagine Uncle John, our Uncle John, who does come up very often on the show. We talk about Uncle Michael a lot, but Uncle John, our beloved Uncle John, he was a big NES and SNES guy in yeah. the in his prime, like during the day. And he would always talk about how he would have like conversations and like relationships basically with the people on the phone line. That he'd have to call because he had no idea what the fuck he was supposed to do. With lines, that's and so he great. was old, you know, he was an adult, so he didn't have the benefit of like going on the re- going on the playground during recess or, you know, exactly. He, he, there was no there was nothing for him. He could have, but it would have been weird. Yeah, it would have been a little weird. I don't know why Uncle John was out there. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this this episode is about the pool and um and our experiences with the pool. I'm excited about that. But Dig, before we begin, is there anything you'd like to talk about? to stretch our legs. Um, well, you know what? This is yep. just kismet, right? Like this, this just kind of flows right into today's topic. I just Good got back the from the bus stop. The word. Yeah. 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 You like that word. I love I'm trying it. to impress yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, and it's working. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Not a half hour ago. Just got back from a big event at the bus stop. So last day of school for the kids, half day, oh, okay. uh, which plays really nice into the pool topic. I like that as a kickoff, proper kickoff. But one of the neighbors a day or two ago had an idea at the bus stop. She kind of had like a little huddle, a little powwow. I was like, this is what we should do. When the kids get off the bus tomorrow or whatever it was, Wednesday, say Friday. When the kids get off the bus Friday, 1230, we're all going to have our super soakers and we're just going to ambush them as soon as they get off the bus. We'll just kind of hide it. Look, matter of fact, as soon as they're all off, we unload. We just get them, right? So she reminds us of the bus stop this morning. Everybody bring your guns, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. So I have everything ready in the garage. Show up to the bus stop at 12.30, just a half hour or so ago. One of my neighbors has two Rubbermaid bins full of water balloons. <laughs> All these super soakers, you know, the ones like the dip, like the foam ones that you just dip in and pull the handle up and yeah, they yep. shoot real far. Yeah. Heavy loads of water. Take a, take those, a, take a eye out with those. Things. <laughs> you really can. Oh, my God. Those are the best. 
and uh, watering cans for refills. Like my neighbors are real serious. I had three. I brought down three of Graydon's like best super soakers because I knew some of my neighbors would need them. They showed up empty handed. And we just had this huge water fight at the bus stop. And lasted about 20 minutes or whatever like that. Graydon got a whole bucket of water dumped on his head like Gatorade football coach style. It was super fun. I'm a little wet. One of the neighborhood kids came around from behind me and shot me in the butt, just like soaked my butt with a super soaker, like just like stayed on my butt for like five seconds, just soaking it. So my butt is soaking <laughs> wet right now. But uh, I thought it was funny because then mm. I kind of got the thought. I haven't really been hanging out with my neighbors that much. And it gets busy during the year, right? School year, especially everybody's got the kids, shuffle them around to soccer and the other thing, dance after school and everything. But the water fight thing is interesting because that's something you could kind of do, kind of make it like a block party type thing, but just have this all day or hour long, two hour long, whatever, water fight. And also, good way to get out the aggressions on the neighbors. Maybe you have a bone to pick. Yeah. About some dog walking or, you know, territorial boundary dispute, whatever, (laughs) you know what I mean? Your, Your landscaper's encroaching on my going, you know, or, you know, there's a whole section of unmowed lawn. That's not mine. I'm not doing it. You're not doing it, but that's really yours. Your landscaper should be. Doing. So, you know what I mean? You kind of get, get the grudges out. Yeah. Get a yeah. little you passive have aggressive. Weird, you have a weird backyard too, right? Cause your backyard's like a triangle, isn't it? Yeah. It's very strange. A lot. Yeah. Mine is the same. I have a weird lot as well. It's kind like of a parallelogram. funky shape. Yeah. 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 But that was fun. That was, I, sounds, and that was unexpected. Fun. You know yeah. what I mean? That sounds cool. And, uh, it's so funny, Dig, because it remind, I ha- one of my earliest memories of you is a water gun fight. Oh, really? In, in the, yeah, in the old neighborhood. And I have this this very vivid memory. Do you remember we had like a brown? It was like a it was like a bedroom garbage can that was brown plastic. And it yes. kind of like flushed out. Like almost I know like exactly what you mean. And yep. I, I just have a very vivid memory of you filling it up with water and just dumping it on someone's head uh, during... <laughs> During that, because like we were getting beat and I think you were kind of like mad that That's maybe we funny. were getting picked on or something. Right. So I think you like went out there and like caused some havoc. That's and I, funny. I, remember, I don't have I remember any that. recollection like, of that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That's well. awesome. That's what I'm talking about. But I love water gun fights. I love because I, we were talking about that on just the last episode, right? Where I was. Was it on this episode or was it on Sacred Symbols? We were talking about it where I was talking about how I have the Uzi gun. I think we were talking about. It oh, here. yeah. The Endotech with the clip. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, and I was saying, can I buy like a boutique real looking gun, water gun still online? And I really want to do that just for use in the pool. Like, like get some sort of M4 or something like some sort of crazy ass water gun. And I think because I'm, they look, I totally get it. Kids get shot accidentally and they're, they, you won't have the orange tips on them. That was the first thing. Then they just made them in the crazy colors. And and I'm like, I get it, but that's kind of ruined the immersion in a little bit. You know, Absolutely. Like, you're kind of ruining the immersion. I want to I want to skulk through the woods with my <laughs> M4. Yeah, maybe I get shot by the cops. I don't know. But it'd be worth it. But that's America. You know, we, just we gotta, for nostalgia's sake. Go back oh, to the mid 80s. I love it. Well, you know what? Those those Enertech guns, like those highly detailed, realistic looking water guns with the clip and everything was what we dreamed about. Because don't forget, before that, 50s, 60s, 70s into the 80s. It was those plastic, transparent, colorful, shitty water guns that would leak. They were like what you would buy from the ice cream man or Cheap John's, the dollar store or whatever. Right. That was the first foray into like serious water guns. And now it's like super soakers and high capacity. You never run out. 
double barrel. You know, I'm like dual wielding like Arnold, like Terminator out there. I got yeah, one got pump action. Like- <laughs> you got a backpack like Blowtorch and G.I. Joe. It's- I could only share with one of my neighbors because I was like, I'm dual wielding for this ambush. Yeah. Oh, totally. I-, I have to do Arnold. Dude, I loved when I was when I was younger, I used to love having like remember the Super Soaker? I think they were the Super Soaker 10s or 20s. They were the orange and yellow ones that were kind of small. Yeah. Then they had the green ones that I think were the Super Soaker 40s. And those were the those were the iconic green and yellow ones. And I remember I used to love having like one of those. And then I'd have like one of the the orange ones as like my sidearm. (laughs) And I'd like have it like shoved into my. I always loved having that. Or, you know, what was even funnier was sometimes I'd like take a rubber band or whatever and like rubber band one of the smaller ones around my leg. And that That's- would be like my last. And then I'd like pull that out when I had like when I, my shit was out and I, you know, like an officer pulling out his pistol like Tom Hanks and <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I heard of this thing recently. I'm not even yeah. sure where this came up. It must have been a YouTube show or a couple of dudes talking about it on a podcast. But I heard this fantastic thing that kind of merges paintball with water guns that they did this thing growing up where they would be like the blue team and the red team and they would have blue dyed water in their water guns and the other team would have red so it kind of took away the thing of i got you no you didn't type of thing where it's like you, you know you would wear white clothes hopefully shitty clothes or your parents would be mortified and then you would have the blue food coloring the other team would have the red or whatever color you chose and then when you got tagged up and maybe even like if you got hit in a vital spot, maybe you if you could get hit in the legs and arms a few times, but if you got hit in the you know in the head or the torso, you were out type of thing. I thought that was brilliant, you know. That's and that's something I never thought of as a kid. You I know, agree. Kind of, I, kind I love that dovetails paintballing and water guns together. It's the same and thing with like, the argument because we used to play right. guns where we just like shoot each other, you know, like pretend bullets. Like totally. ah, you know, you didn't. The arguments well, would last like a half hour. You know, it'd be the whole day. Totally. Well, it reminds me of flag football and like how that just solved two hand touch. That mm. was just a complete solving of two hand touch football. There you go. Same thing. Football. I love flag football. I think flag football is great. That's like a really great safe way to generally safe way to play football. I think that's what they do now. And like the um, what do they call it? Uh, I want to say the grandpa league. That's not Pop what it Warner. Is. Pop Warner. That's yeah. what it is. That's Close what they enough. do. They do the. Uh, they do the flag, but I think there's some sort of push now to return to. Uh, full contact format but think, i'm not sure how that's going i think the technology football. is getting i think generation x and gen, and my and like the uh millennials grew up in a time where we were told how scary it was and so and how bad it was and it was bad and it is bad but yeah. i think technology has gotten better yeah there's in, instances of these kinds of catastrophic injuries have gone down and um, a lot of study has been going into it again much to the chagrin of the nfl and sure. it's important for them to make that better because without a, t- a pipeline of youth playing the game properly, you're not your sport's going to die. So the NFL is huge and, and people are always going to want to play. But I Absolutely. fear that. In, but here's my thing is that I fear until the game gets safer, like truly safer in some way. And I don't know how you do that beyond what they're already trying to do, that I think it's always going to appeal to the lowest in general, lowest income societies and communities in America where they feel like, well, they have to do something to get to college. They have to do something to make some money. Now they can make money in college, like getting some income and so on and so forth. And so that, I think that generates a lot of black and um, minority players, which we've always had in, in the NFL. Right. And uh, I think that like white suburban moms that watch 60 Minutes are more scared of it, generally speaking. And so I think to bring 
some sort of like social balance to it, it, this also needs to be solved because like you lose nothing playing being a baseball prospect, right? Right. It's the but, same. Right. So I, I think there's I think there's something deep seated about that. That's for another show. That's very interesting. Interesting yeah. point. Yeah. Sure. As for me, Dega, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking a lot about stress and anxiety. First, mostly because I think about stress and anxiety every day because I'm always stressed and I'm always anxious. <laughs> but it's like a uh, I look at it like a teapot where or like a boiling pot where the water is boiling and, and you have to just let the steam out. And the idea is just never let the water boil over. And sometimes you let out more steam than you've collected in a while. And sometimes you let out just enough steam for it to not boil over. And then you kind of deal with the. I feel like I'm like, it's starting to bubble forward for me. Okay. In a, for the first time in a long time where I'm like, man, I am anxious and stressed the fuck out, you know? And I can usually work my way around it, but it's just such a, it's such an unsettling feeling of just having so much stacked up where everything seems a little scary, but you don't even know if it should. And like, friend, I'll just give you an example. Yeah. Please. Uh, overnight. Cause of course they would send this email overnight. I got an email or email from my HOA about okay. my pool. And where did I, I put it in this folder, I think. Yeah, here it is. So they sent, they're like, dear Colin Moriarty, our primary goal, blah, 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 is to protect the aesthetic appeal and property values, blah, blah. So this is like boilerplate stuff. Okay. And then they're like, we, we want to send this gentle reminder. And then it just says, unapproved in-ground pool. Please comply with governing documents regarding pools. And then it says all of this stuff. Okay. And then it says, we understand that oftentimes residents are simply unaware that a problem exists or the inspector may have observed a very temporary situation that will be taken care of. And then it says, please remedy this situation within the next 21 days. So I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. And we have a new HOA. There's like HOA companies, right? And so we lost our old HOA company and then we have this new HOA company. And by the way, they never shut the fuck up. They never (laughs) shut the fuck up. I actually emailed them a few months, like a month ago, asking them to stop emailing me so many times. And this is probably why they came to our house and looked for things that were wrong. Busy bodies. So, yeah, yeah, totally. And we pay them to be busybodies, which is great. I don't generally mind HOAs. I think they kind of, as long as they're pretty loose and laissez-faire, like they exist just for very specific things, right? Right, right. And now, of course, you would have to ask permission to build a pool, but I don't know if people remember, I I might have talked about this. When I bought this house, I had an agreement with the realtor and the builder that I could build a pool in the backyard. That was like one of the prerequisites for me buying this house. Gotcha. And... They even sent forward like a like a sample like this is the 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 HOA like this is the way the pool could work. And they were actually pretty ridiculous because they were like the cover you have now is totally fine. It was totally insufficient. Like it was totally would have been open. It was ridiculous. So they didn't give a shit. Okay. And so we went forward with it. And then when I got in touch with the HOA, the old HOA, they were like, oh, no, you have to apply. And I'm like, no, I don't. And I think we might have went over this on the show where I was like, I definitely don't. And like, no, you have to apply it for all this stuff with the HOA. And I'm like, but you can't say no. So what am I applying for? Because it's in uh, because I was promised by the builder. Sure. And the realtor. Right. So this went on and on. And then last March, it kind of peaked. And I sent them like a bunch of documents. They, they asked me for things. So I was like, here's the here are the plans. I wrote like a cover letter, like a two page cover letter of the oh, details wow. of everything. And all okay. of this, I sent them everything. And then I never heard back. So this was 15 months ago. Never heard back from them. 15 months. 15 months ago. The pool was not that I was under contract with the pool, but they hadn't done anything at this point. OK. And uh, so then I hear from them last night saying, oh, the you have an unapproved in-ground pool. And I'm like, I don't fucking think so. But this this adds on to my first of all, because I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do about that? You right. Know? You want me to just fill it in? That's not going to happen. So 
so there's this that whole thing. But then I get this in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh, my God, it's just adding so much more onto my plate. And then so I, I got up this morning. I, I slept like shit. Got up this morning, went and, and dealt like had to go went to the office. They weren't there. Went to another office. They weren't there. Talked to them on the phone. They're like, we have no record of this. We are a new HOA and all this. And I'm like, I'm going to send you the documents that I sent them and you guys can get it on record. But I, I don't want to hear another fucking word about this. Like, I, I wouldn't even. T- I yeah. can't even take it anymore. You know, <laughs> I you know what's aggravating yeah, about yeah. that. There is a 95 percent chance of what's going on here is that they're just missing a chunk of information saying that you had pre-approved permission. If that little tidbit was filled in, you could, all this aggravation could just be avoided. Yep. You understand? Yeah, because I, I, had a, I was a little snippy with the last HOA people because they were going back and forth. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm not asking for permission. So, <laughs> you know, like that was like, and that was, and that all came to a head with all this stuff that I sent them, but I never heard back ever. Okay. Because, because my whole my whole thing, and I think it makes sense, and I just just to reiterate is, I don't want to apply for anything because that indicates that you could deny me, right? But there is nothing for you to deny. Well said. Because I already have permission to do it. That was your you er, what, your earliest steps of moving into right. this neighborhood from the builder, from the builder, the builder level, like not right. even the HOA level, like the people that actually made all the houses. So Step a, right? So. Right. It's just so frustrating and it just adds to this thing to me. So I'm like, now I have to deal with these new people. I mean, what if they what if they're like, oh, this is insufficient. Like you have to do that. And I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, do you have any idea how much money I've spent on this thing? Like, I don't know. <laughs> one of the things they said was, and I know it's boilerplate, but it's like, this is to uh, protect the aesthetic and property values of the neighborhood. I'm like, I have the nicest backyard in our neighborhood. Like, <laughs> no offense. It's the you're making everybody else look bad clause. My neighbors are fine. You know, like, I don't know where this came from. I'm Dude, friends with my neighbors. You know, like, we're all friendly. I, none of them have said a word. Other you got to fill like, us in when you find out when this thing comes to when Dude, push comes to shove and you find I out what's going on. Put a bullet in my brain sometimes, dude. <laughs> and you got the barbell of LSM on your shoulders all the time. You're a business owner. You got the video game company as well. It never ends, dude. I mean, uh, that, it never ends. It never fucking ends. Like the I'll tell you I'm what the solution about. is. Yeah. Overarching thing. Really, yeah. the, the, the end all be all to what you have to do is you need to go on vacations. I'm not even saying go on vacation. I'm saying you need to rhythmically, consistently, like every three months, four months, six months, whatever, you need to go away for a week or two weeks, whatever it is. And you need to make that tradition. You need to make it part of your process. You need to make it part of your your timeline. You know what I mean? Just to get, you know, whether it's Vegas, I know you really enjoyed going to Vegas when you lived out West or whatever it is, something different every time. Glamping. <laughs> Glamping, yes. Uh, <laughs> it could well, be glamping. Dude, it's, it's funny because I have a plot, you know, like I have a I have a plan, this plot that I'm that I'm kind of thinking about, which is buying, you know, in the in the near future, if we can work yeah. it out, like some sort of mountain house in like Western Virginia uh, or West Virginia nice. or whatever, some sort of lake house, like lake. That would house. be nice. And I want to like do it for the family. We can all kind of like use it together. I want to call it Brookhaven. You know how there's like a little uh, um, that you'll sign at the bottom of the driveway. Sure, of course. Yeah, so we'll have we'll have that. But. Dude, that's awesome. So maybe that will be like a little bit of a getaway, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm, pr- you know what, you know what bothers me, Dagan, before we get into the topic, I'll just, I'll leave it here is sure. I'm a pretty, and I think you're the same way. I am a pretty deliberate person. Like I don't really fuck around. And I know that that's like something maybe a lot of people would say, but I don't fuck around when a push comes to shove. I do things by the book and I, I get things done on time. I do what I say I'm going to do and all of the rest I do. And when, People are just incompetent, careless, lazy, 
and that affects me. You can be lazy in your own life. I don't care at all. But if your laziness or incompetence affects me, I have a big problem with that. And I feel like I'm, in, I'm just encountering so many people like this. Yeah. And I don't know how it's possible that this is going on in the real world, like in a functioning society where it's just so much carelessness and so much incompetence, it really is. laziness. It I just, really it just is. doesn't vibe. It doesn't wash with me at all. Michael, get your laziness away from me. The yeah. fuck are you doing? You're frustrating laziness? for you. Your due diligence is not met with the same due diligence. And that's right. frustrating. It's like, I give you everything you need. You do what you need to do. Right. You give me everything I need. I do what I need to do. Right. <laughs> that's Absolutely. it. Of course. Not 16 months later, I hear from you and say like, oh, what are you doing? Where, where, where did this pool come from? And that kind as of a, as thing, if, like, that's the one probably just like an email, like that's yeah. like, you know, just eventually they got around to it. But like that could send someone's life into upheaval, something like that. I mean, thinking could. like something alarm bells are going off. Yeah. No. I mean, of course. So it's like, oh, my God, like, what are they going to make me do? <laughs> it's going to be nothing. That's the I know. Worst I know. Part. I mean, I know. I know. <laughs> that's the worst part. But anyway, so that's that's where I'm at, because I just uh, whatever. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com pool the pool. here we go good segue let's talk Speaking about it yes good segue not not intentional necessarily but there's so you know i was writing notes about the pool and like our experiences with the pool and there are so many things there's so many this or that's kind of things with the pool in ground pool below ground pool right or um shared pool private pool or vinyl or concrete or whatever shallow end deep end there's this there's so many binary a b one two things with pools it's so funny and I was talking to Dana. Actually, Dana's at Dana. Our sister is here right now. She's in the backyard with her husband, oh, cool. brother, Derek, and That's two of awesome. their sons using the pool. And cool. they've been coming over. I've, I basically gave Allie and Dana like carte blanche. And I was just like, listen, I'm, you can use the pool whenever you want. Just tell me you're going to use it. So I know you're here or whatever, but use it whenever you want. And, and I, I, I kind of sent this underlined like I mean it, you know, like. Uh, That's so I, nice that you do that. Right. Just just because it's like just use it. And so. Right. They're here using, but I was talking, when Dana was here, I was talking to her about it and I was like, you know, my own memories, I feel like I was like, I feel like I was swimming by the time I was walking. I feel like I grew up in a pool and it's so interesting because when I'm in a pool, I move so naturally through the water, both in the ocean and through a pool where it's just the movement of it, the way it feels, everything about it feels so natural. And then Micah doesn't even know how to swim. So it's interesting to like, yeah, so it's interesting. She like just hangs out in the shallow and it's so interesting I make fun of her sometimes. I'm like, it's six feet deep, like, and she's really sad. I'm like, that's fine. You don't know. She's going to learn like, now. I right. Bet. But I'm like, I'm like, you understand you could literally just your feet could touch the bottom. You could just jump up slightly and, and breathe in and, and yell help and then <laughs> jump back down and then just breathe in endlessly and yell help over and over that's again. A great point. <laughs> but she is doesn't deep. It is six feet at the deepest, six feet at the deepest. No diving okay. board for both i think practical and insurance purposes yeah it goes from like three and a half feet to six feet i think that's nice that's nice and uh yeah so we were talking and i I just i was like i just always felt like it was a natural full circle thing for me to get a pool because i feel like my earliest memories many of my earliest memories were in a pool and i feel like swimming 
was a really big thing on Long Island. Big pool culture there. It's not there's not a big pool culture in Virginia at all. But there's a big there are more pools on our in our fucking neighborhood on Woodland Avenue nonetheless than there is in this entire section of where I live. And I think I, I think I have the fifth or sixth pool in like our division. You know, so it's just not a thing here, mostly because I think it's so fucking hot that people don't want to be out there. But I'm like, this is great. Oh, I love that's it. a great plan. Because then in Florida, build the alcoves for the pools and stuff. Sure. Right? Then, sure. And I get that. We're kind of in an in-between space here. But good point. Dang, what, what are your earliest memories of the pool? Because I feel like the Moriarty's go way back with pools. I don't know if it was a product of Long Island or just our upbringing or whatever. The time period, I feel like pools in suburbia blew up at the same time, of course. Yeah. So talk, talk about what comes to mind for you in those early days. Okay. Let me ask you a question. How many... I'm not even sure if you're doing it like this, but how many bullet points do you have for your conversational? Oh, I don't even have what I was just going to talk generally. I just brought up like this or that, this or that, this or that. But there's a few things like one, two. I probably have half a dozen things. Maybe. All right. We could just meander lazy river style. Totally. I totally agree. Yes. I like it. Okay. You know what? The earliest thing I want to shout out is to kiddie pools because I grew up in the 70s. You know, I was born late in 73 and it was kind of that Long Island, New York suburb expansionist movement from the boroughs from Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan, and also from Nassau County to Eastern Long Island, which was farmland. And our parents, you know, the, the boomers, their generations were the first ones to really push out to Eastern Long Island, largely because there were summer homes and sort of bungalows and things like that, but to actually form housing developments and build proper suburbs on Eastern Long Island. I would say from central all the way to Eastern Long Island. That was the first big push was mom and dad's group of people, right? So when we grew up and moved out to Medford in 77, 78, it was largely farmland in these developments. And so when these houses were built, they were brand new. And I just remember those days, the way it looked and the way it felt where no one had lawns yet. You know, everyone had the one sapling planted on the front lawn and then everything was dirt. Maybe people were throwing down seed. Some of the grass was starting to come up, but no one had pools. So, because everything was brand new. So I remember those green plastic uh, turtle pools with the built-in slide yeah. and the inflatable pools on the piat- on the patio where if you were foolish enough to put that like rubber inflatable pool on that abrasive concrete, it would rip, that type of thing. But everybody had the kiddie pools. And I really do blame that on me being a late bloomer when it came to swimming, because as you said, you were a water baby. You know, you were born in 84. We had the above ground pool, which we'll talk about. And then in 87, we had the built-in pool in the new house. And you were kind of just born submerged in the water. And I wasn't. I was a really late bloomer. And I wonder about with Allie and Dana too, our sisters, I think they learned to swim a little quicker than I did. Mm. But I remember those days of just kind of being not only in the kiddie pool, but when we went to the beach or we went to a town pool, whether it was near grandma's, which we'll get into later, or in Levittown, Uncle Mike and Aunt Carla's house, the township pool there. I remember being mystified by swimming. Like I remember that being a thing, like how do you do that? How do you stay up? And it was strange because I think I was pretty fast at learning generally as a kid. Like mom talks about me crawling right away, walking you know, I hear the stories about me running around the high speed at nine months old. And 
I never had trouble learning how to ride a two-wheeler. That was quick. Even later on, like learning how to drive a stick shift when I was 17, it was one afternoon. But for some reason, I was daunted by swimming. The idea of it, and I really do remember the kiddie pool thing being part of that. It was like not having the access, even though mom and dad took us to the beach. The ocean is kind of a different animal for learning how to swim. But basically, it was a kind of a mixture at first of the kiddie pool and then the township pool which was in Holtzville, which is a neighboring town to Medford on Long Island, mm-hmm. and going to swimming lessons in the summertime, five, six, seven, eight years old, and just being really not, it wasn't catching on, you know? And I think also what happened was I would go to school all year, right? Summer finally came, but then it was like, now, even though it's a summertime, you have to go to, you have to, go to school again. That's how I kind of felt about swimming lessons, going to the Holtzville pool, going to swimming lessons, wanted to be with my friends playing, wanted to be outside playing with the Star Wars figures, whatever it was. And I really remember swimming lessons being fraught with anxiety. And it just wasn't, I think because I was so unhappy, I just couldn't absorb it. You know, I remember the swimming instructors being impatient with me. I remember them holding me by my stomach and me paddling and just thinking like in place and thinking like, I'm not going to learn like this. And when I learned how to swim, I don't know if you know this, seven, I think eight years old, probably. Disney World, first trip at Disney World, 1980, 1981. We were in the resort pool outside. And I, what I would do is I would push off the side and go as far as I could in the shallow water, three or four feet, whatever it was. And then when I stopped, I couldn't propel myself because I couldn't swim. So when I stopped off of that push, I would just put my feet down and stop. And then I saw kids diving into the pool. And that was my link into, I just remember how cool that was. There were slightly older kids, probably not that much older than me in all fairness. And they were diving off the side of the pool. And I was like that, I need to do that. I need to learn how to swim because I need to do that. And maybe they were doing front flips too. I'm not sure. And that was my entree into learning how to swim. And that day, if not that trip, I taught myself how to swim because I needed to learn how to dive. And I remember that learning how to dive like the day after I learned how to swim because I had no fear of it. I was just like, that's, that is the whole point of all of this. I get it now type of thing. So those are my really my earliest memories. And of mm. course, before all of this happened, before you were born and before we really had a pool in our own backyard. So I had really no access other than going to the local pool, going to the beach. So that was, that was my thing. And I remember really laughing at you and being kind of tickled by the fact that you were kind of born learning how to swim. You were like a water baby. And for me, it was the exact opposite. And I do wonder if that's a generational thing of someone being born in the early seventies or somebody being born in the eighties, mid eighties. You know? Yeah. I also think that mom and dad were just generally less worried about me and didn't care if I drowned. <laughs> but Kids I do remember, I, I remember so early. I mean, that is some of my earliest memories because I have specific memories of when dad would come home from doing tours that I would be allowed to swim without my swimmies and stuff like right. that when I was four or five, six or whatever. And mom says that she, we make, we make fun of mom down here all the time because mom has some alternate history stuff going on with uh, our upbringings. But she claims she was always outside with us. Or whatever, when we were in the pool, I'm like, mom, you definitely weren't because I would have to have like the rings around my arm and all that kind of stuff. 
But I remember when dad would come home, that was it was all all bets were off. Like it didn't matter anymore. I don't know why that was. I think his dad would like jump in, presumably, and save me if I was drowning. Right. But I do as, remember I, that. But as I remember, I don't think I ever had any close calls. Like I just don't remember not being able to swim like very proficiently. Right. Like deep end swimming really early diving and all that. And I love diving. And then it's so funny thinking about you, although I don't know if you were the most daring. I, maybe maybe it was your friends, but it's so interesting thinking about you kind of being scared of the pool and then six, seven, eight, ten years later, we're doing double flips off of the off of the diving board and like intentionally belly flopping and <laughs> trying to get the waves going over the sides of the pool and like doing That's all sorts right. like just the sh- basically destroying our bodies in this in this I remember that like people doing front flips people trying to do back flips off the pool like trying to do a, a flip into a dive because we had the diving board or whatever it was awesome so it's so funny you were you, we were so careless later on oh and, so funny and, I, and Dana got mad at me because because um and they shouldn't and they don't they know not to but I was talking to Declan and Finley and they were like oh you know I'm, they're like don't dive in the pool you don't dive in the shallow and I'm like Uncle Dagan and I used to dive in the shallow. Oh my God, we were so dumb. Because <laughs> right you know how you would, we would do the dive, like you would try to do the dive, like real, like right on top of the water and just come right yeah. out. It was like almost a challenge. But if you're a parent, you're looking at that, and being like, "What the fuck are you doing?" So dumb, right? Like, yeah, it is crazy. It's totally crazy. So it's so interesting to hear about your um your late, more late coming to it and more skepticism of it. But I'm glad that you uh. You came around and you brought up two things that I wanted to talk to you about. So let's talk about one of them, which is this idea of shared pools, like public pools. Sure. The reason. So my neighborhood has multiple pools that we pay for to use, and they're really nice. In fact, we have this thing called like the aquatic center. It's nuts. It's like these slides and all this shit for kids, a lot of you know, oh, kids so and cool. young, young people. But I have always found shared pools to be gross. I don't mean it as a judgment to anyone. It just naturally is. You're sharing even these chemically treated waters with other people you do not know. It makes me think about going to Splish Splash on Long Island. I don't know if that place still exists anymore, but it was like a water park on Long Island. And yeah, is that you, still there? I don't know. I don't know. But it just, I, even at that time, it's just like, look around you, <laughs> you know, at the mass of humanity. Why would you want to be in water with them? Yeah. And so... I've always been kind of I don't want to say anti-public pool because that is what it is. If that's what you use, that's fine. But I just I'm, I've always been like kind of sketched out by them. And I'm yeah. wondering how you feel about that. And and uh, as opposed to having a, a private pool, which is maybe not necessarily your own, but you know who it is. Like when I know if it's not my pool and I just know the person, I'm cool with it. But it's I don't know. It's just different. I don't want to be amongst a massive un, of the unwashed <laughs> like that. How do you feel about public pools? I'll be honest with you. The idea of that, everything you're saying, does still skeeve me out a little bit. I think it's, and I think it probably speaks to a lot of people, right? Just the inherent nature of being in water, you know, not even just like snot and pee and poop and puke and all the like everything that comes out of us and then sharing like this large body of water together. I know it's treated with powdered bleach and all that kind of stuff. I understand. But and, you know, I'm saying this as somebody who we belong to a pool. You know, we belong to a swim club. We we go to a public pool, whether it's a country club that year or somewhere more local or a swim club that we did a different a different place this year that we're members of. We try different things out and we're starting to explore the idea of putting a pool in the backyard. But it's a lot of money. You know, it's a big investment. We're trying to figure out how long we're going to be here versus how efficient that would be? Is it going to add on a lot of money to the cost of the the home? Is it a, is it a proper investment? All of that. So for now, we are. You know, that's what we do. 
if we're not at the shore, which we we're fortunate enough to be at the beach a lot, and especially in the summertime. But you know, when we're here, when we're in PA in Bucks County, we're at the the public pool, and the kids love it. I think when you're a kid, it's more fun because it's public. You go there with your friends. It's a it's a much bigger body of water than you would possibly have in your backyard. You have the high dive, you have the slides, you have the concession stand, and the one we belong to this year is a little less bougie. It's a little more 70s, 80s, Stranger Things vibe to it, which is kind of fun in a way, but it's also the infrastructure is a little older. Mm-hmm. So it tends to skeeve you out a little more maybe type of thing. Gets a little more crowded maybe now with people traveling less and the gas prices being restrictive, right? And I think it's only going to get worse. Then I think the public pools are going to be I think 2022 is going to be pretty heavy for the public pools. I think oh, yeah, they're always going to be crowded. Right? Oh, yeah. You would assume. But I like what you're saying too about just maybe it's a neighbor or a relative's backyard pool because just the nature of there being many less people ever going in that pool just seems a little more inviting than you know this large body of water that's just open to whoever's willing to pay for it <laughs> right basically it's exactly right it's like think about think about i want to get vivid here think about the guy who walks in there with his with his unwiped ass and the woman who has a yeast infection and like oh. it's like that come on man I'm these are important fucking... conver- hard conversations to have but important conversations um, when you're have. next to them in the air it's like okay that's not a big deal but when you're when you're <laughs> next to them in water and you're like it's like going into your mouth and you're opening your <laughs> eyes under water it's like come on man i don't care how There's much fucking clorox is in there i'm not i'm not i'm not doing it well that's the thing you might be able to placate me a little bit if you broke down the chemistry of the chlorine and the chemicals and how effective they were and how much you need to really treat effectively bacteria or whatever, you know, type of thing. But because I don't know that and it's kind of left to the imagination, you definitely assume the worst. We all know if you see the Tootsie Roll in there, get out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like we it's do, you see the like Snickers Caddyshack. bar in there, get yeah. the hell out. You know, type it's of the thing. Baby Ruth Reverend Kit. <laughs> the baby Ruth. And then he picks it up. Bill Murray picks it up and eats it. Uh, Is best. that Caddyshack? Yeah, Caddyshack. Yeah. yeah, Caddyshack. So the other thing you brought up here, a couple more things we can touch on here, but I want to talk about diving boards. I oh. I feel like diving boards are kind of going away. I don't know if that's true or not. I think they like a lot of people have gotten hurt over time with them, but they were an essential part of Long Island in-ground pools when we were growing up. I loved just bombing off those things like you know what you could like jump up and then jump up like get the catch yourself up on the on the second one up and then get that really big trampoline bounce we were complete i have no idea with what disregard i had any right to treat my body this way when i was a young kid i just didn't care you know i just i had no fear i don't know now i'm like very careful about everything but back then i was just like i'm surprised first of all we didn't snap that thing in half i'm surprised dad <laughs> didn't snap us in half and that there was no catastrophic injury yeah, you know, I don't no. I, in that pool, I don't think. So nope. um what do you what are your memories of diving boards? Well, you know, again, diving board I do remember as a kid. You know what the other thing that's fair to say? I have to say this. As a kid, I wasn't really that into swimming. If it was a really hot day, of course I'd like to jump in a pool and sort of refresh myself, take a dip, beat the summer sun. Those dogs, especially those dog days of summer in July, which tends to be really hot in New York growing up, but for the thing, the thing that really had me interested in the pool was jumping in and out of the pool. So the diving board was a natural fit for me because I always felt like that was really the fun. 
You know, I hated games like where you stayed in the pool, like Marco Polo. Honestly, dude, I'd rather shove reeds under my fingernails. Seriously? I hate that friggin' I hate that game. Interesting. I hate it. And you know what it is? I don't like not being able to see. It plays into my whole fear of the dark and just not, I just don't think that's fun. You know, and then everybody cheating who's get you hear people getting out of the pool and running around and fish it's like the water. But then you gotta out, call it. You gotta call it, water, dude. That's right. Part of the so game is getting cheat. out. Yeah, getting out of the water is part of the game though. And then people would like be on the side of, of the pool and they'd have their foot in the pool, you know, or something like that, trying to like I can't. I forgot. I totally forgot about fish out of water. You're blowing dude, my mind with that people, right now. Dude, people you I used to be so good at Marco Polo after a while and we would play at a high level. When I was a teenager and a young kid, an adolescent, where you would like get behind the person, like hit them in the head and then swim away. And they would be like, and they'd like be like flailing their arms, like trying to get you. Were you allowed to go under the water when you play? Yeah, yeah you can go anywhere you want. Because, yeah, you saw okay. like, you'd get grabbed their legs or something like that. Or... <laughs> but we diving, dude. I mean, who yeah. do you know that learned how to swim when they were eight and then the next day learned how to dive? Yeah, that's, that's badass. Did you, you know? ever dive off the high boards? I never did that. I jumped no, off them, but I would never I dive would. off them. Yeah. I'll tell you something. The swim club that we belong to until this year, and we, we, we're we trying a new one now where Helene grew up. It's like a block away from her, you know, where my in-laws live. So the whole thing, I think the whole attraction this year was like, let's go. We'll go to the pool. Then we'll have dinner with Helen and Charlie type of thing. It's right where Helene grew up. I think it's nostalgic for her. But the old swim club and this new swim club that we belong to took away the dive. There's no diving boards at all. Just slides. Right. So it plays into the thing of like, I think of insurance and being, you know, liable liabilities and all that kind of thing. But the old swim club had was like a competitive diving, competitive swimming. Like they would close the pool for competitions. They had teams and stuff like that. And I would feel so bad about myself because there would be literally eight year olds doing like flip and a half into dives off the 10 foot dive and all that kind of stuff. And I'm afraid to jump off the thing. Now, you know what I mean? Type of thing. So it was really bad for my, for my, <laughs> for my confidence because I would watch these little kids go up there and do double flips and back flips and all this kind of shit. Greg Lugana style, right? Total Greg Lugana style. Yeah. Hopefully not. And hopefully not with the head. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and when you get older, dude, <laughs> even yeah. the low dives look high when you get up there. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's like you, you know, that's four or five feet above the water surface and everything like that. But diving was always the big thing for me. But I remember, like, I hit a ceiling when I was a, a teenager. You know, we would always, me and my friends in the neighborhood that skated, Andy and Charlie and Adam and John and everybody, Joey. The big thing was skating around the neighborhood and then going. I was the only one with an in-ground pool, I think. Of all the of the friend, local friend group in Brookhaven, so that was our summer strategy. Like we would skate around, get boiling hot, and then jump in a pool to cool, cool off. And all those guys were super athletic and just you know they could do yeah, all those these guys crazy were nuts. things. I remember those. I remember those guys and their antics in the pool. Was, right, just insane. Yeah. Like that, Adam's the one who taught me the full flip and a half into the dive. But that was as far as I could go. I couldn't really backflip. I could do like a, a thing where I would just flip as many times in the air as I could, but usually that ended in disaster because I would land however, and you know, I wasn't, there was nothing graceful about it. Let's put it that way. But those guys would do crazy things. Like Charlie would do the double backflip into the dive, like really crazy stuff. And it was just a pedestrian low couple of foot off the surface of the water diving board that we had in Brookhaven. It wasn't huge. 
and it was, certainly wasn't high and the pool wasn't enormous. But that's what I remember that I definitely hit that ceiling at 16, 17 years old and I couldn't do anymore. I just felt like I physically wasn't capable. I think that dive in it, that flip and a half into the dive was the best thing I was ever able to do. What about you, Kyle? Like, what was the extent of your prowess? Yeah, I could, I could do like a full flip. You know, I used to try to do like really high. I used to love, Ali did these, I think, too, where you would jump really, try to be really high and almost arch your body in air and like go down That's like right fun. in front of the board and stuff like that. What's so fun is that I just have such funny memories of the muscle memory of jumping into the pool, swimming to the right, back to the right, to the ladder, getting out, going around, you know, in our old place, right back to the diving board, using it again, jumping so in. Fun. And the jackknifes and pencils and cannonball. I mean, a cannonball is still my favorite. I just think the can that was the first thing I did. There's a video of me doing a cannonball into my pool the first time I went into it. And I'll have to share that with you. But I love oh, cannonballs. I saw that. I think I oh, saw yeah, that. Was that the first time you went in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was how awesome. I, I went to the pool the first time. And it was uh they're gratuitous. I love how I love how ridiculous they are. Oh, and so that's fun. what I remember about high diving boards. I think it must have been at the Levittown pools at um Uncle Mike and Aunt Carla's neighborhood where yeah. they had a higher diving board. But I remember jump climbing up there but then just doing cannonballs off it that's awesome which is fucking hilarious that's hilarious i wasn't gonna dive off that thing you know people do pencils and whatever but yeah just got and i think you get in trouble so you kind of like jump and then you'd kind of get into one at the last second (laughs) yeah i think i have a memory correct me if i'm wrong yeah when you were really little and of course you were already swimming and you had the orange swimmies on the iconic colin orange Mm -hmm. swimmies on your water wings on your arms yeah, because they're I iconic mean, because I'd always wear them for everyone. You'd that always wear them. You could be inside playing Nintendo or at the dinner table. You would just have them <laughs> on. So funny. That was part of your kit, like your summer kit, you know. But I thought I remembered there was a time where, and I might be conflating this with Graydon, I'm not sure, where you didn't, you jump in the pool, but you didn't like to get your head under. So you would jump off the diving board, but your water wings would keep you afloat. <laughs> so like, you could jump idiot. off the diving board and be little enough not even to go under. Like you would just stay up and maybe you would kick your feet real quick as you, as you contacted the water. But I, I seem to have a memory of you doing that. And again, it was just so funny. Like I would just think it was so funny how good of a swimmer you are so young and then automatically just comparing yourself to me at that age being like, you know, I would be like on the bottom of the turtle pool trying to figure it out. Like, how do you do this? Yeah. I don't and know. Then, I think, I think dad was really committed to teaching me for to some teaching reason. you, yeah. which is so smart because you 84, if I'm not, we have to ask mom about this and pick her brain, but I remember that was when, if I'm not mistaken, the water baby thing came in where it was kind of a trendy thing or a possibility or an option to deliver your baby in a body of water. Like that's how you would deliver it right, and they would right, come right. out right into the water type of thing. That was like a fa- becoming fashionable. That's not what they did with you. It was close though. It was pretty close. You were, you were that you know, you were that born that close to the water, which I think is appropriate. It was too Especially bad I wasn't born in the public hour. pool. <laughs> so people could <laughs> swim through all that. It. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting, Dig. Like I, I I just have so many fond memories of the pool that go deeper and deeper and deeper the more I think about it. And since you had brought up above ground and below ground, I wanted to talk to you about kind of the construction of pools and what you think about them. So the iconic circular above ground pool what would that be four feet high maybe sure yeah many a person that had that the derbies down the street others with smaller yards um 
remember they were somewhat complicated if I remember putting them out because you couldn't put them over your cesspool and stuff like that. So you had to have a place right. to put it properly. And so that was a problem for some people. And we just had more in-ground pools near us because I think there's just more space near us. But I'm curious what you think about the above-ground pool versus the in-ground pool. And then I'm also fascinated by vinyl versus concrete. And I really didn't encounter concrete pools in my life until I went to California, where that's pretty much all they have. And I think it's because a lot of the pools there are older. And I also think that the vinyl, maybe in that severe heat, wouldn't work very well. They also use fiberglass now, like shells. But we grew up with vinyl pools. I don't think I knew anyone with a concrete pool when I was a kid. So... I'm, I'm wondering, what do you think about above ground versus below ground? What do you think about vinyl versus concrete? And of course, you like the concrete pools because you want to shred the gnar. Yeah, that's absolutely. A, that's a, that's that a whole on, different thing. Though. Took on a whole nother thing yeah. when I started skateboarding. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know what? I mean, four foot, the above ground pool, the prototypical, I always think of 70s and 80s above ground pool is what I really grew up with. In Medford, that's what everybody had. And, you know, we had me and my four friends, my three friends specifically, Matt, Tommy, and John, who I talk about a lot on the show, myself, John, and Matt all had the prototypical four-foot above-ground pool. I think Matt was the first one to get it. I think mom and dad put it in in 82 or 83, to my best recollection. Then John got it around the same time we did. And then Tommy had the pool that was really interesting. I don't know how well you remember it, Kyle, but he had the pool that was half above-ground and half in-ground which I always think of as being a very typically 70s model that kind of died into the 80s. It's almost like the step-in den that was big at that time as well. And I guess it saved money. What was so cool about Tommy's pool, though, was, all right, so the shallow end, the three or four-foot end was literally above ground. And then let's say it went to seven, eight, nine feet. There would be a portion of that that was dug, obviously dug into the ground. It was a vinyl liner, so there was no concrete or tile or masonry involved at all. But the cool part about it was that there was a big deck built around the entire thing. So it was an oval-shaped pool with a brown painted deck around the whole thing. The right side of the deck was a proper, I don't know, maybe 15 feet where you had the table with the umbrella where you could eat, maybe some lounge chairs, and then a very narrow deck maybe four feet wide went around the entire thing so you could kind of get out and jump in at any point around this pool so it kind of merged the best of both worlds between the above and the the above ground pool and the in-ground pool i wonder if it's still there actually and i wonder if it's still a thing because it must have been cost cutting in some way right especially the liner pool as a as opposed to the concrete or the masonry which is very expensive even when mom and dad obviously put the in-ground pool and in Brookhaven, that was a vinyl liner. That wasn't, there was no concrete involved or tiles. But I remember the fun of that being, and the one the one neighbor in that, in that Medford neighborhood that was built in 77 that had a proper in-ground pool were the Waldrons directly across the street, which were my like arch enemies. So we never even went in that pool. Like I never even got to see it. I was never in the backyard or anything like that. But what was so cool about just having the friend group, and I think Dana's friend Stacy had a three or four foot above ground pool too, was that we would just go pool hopping, right? We would just go into John's backyard, go swimming for a little while, go run over to Matt's, go in the pool, my my house, and then Tommy's house. I always enjoy Tommy's the best because you could go in the deep water. Yeah, I remember his I remember that pool. I remember that. Like oh it's so yeah. fun, dude. 
it, and that was my first time of going down and touching like the mm-hmm. bottom of an eight or a nine foot pool, whether you're doing the diving rings or the torpedoes. And you could play different games because in deep water, you could just do different things besides being able to dive. And we maybe even, I'm sure his parents got mad at this, but I think we might have even dove off the fence, the perimeter fence of the deck into the nine foot, which was really fun. You know, we would always find some way to be a stuntman, right? You grow right. up in the 70s and 80s, you always find a way to be a, to be a pain in the ass. But- that that so that was my first recollection and the other cool thing i do remember about being in the four foot pool in our backyard and dad had it really nice you know he had it landscaped really nice with the rocks all around he had a deck built up to it so there was like a proper pretty large deck where you could jump off a, you know climb up the ladder and then jump off the deck the deck wasn't built all the way around but you had a little deck up there and you know that's where we keep our floaties and our rafts and stuff beach balls and all that sort of thing but what I remember the most and my favorite memory of being in that pool, that first pool that we had in our backyard was Uncle Mike and dad throwing us, right? Because they were standing in the four foot of water and they were both big, strong dudes, right? Being like whatever I was at the time, six, seven, eight, nine years old, they would just take me and heave me, dude. I, I remember being in the air and being like, I could see the whole neighborhood. Right. <laughs> it's like, it was, cr- I was going so high that it was crazy to think I was landing in only four feet of water. Like my legs could have broken yeah. type of thing. <laughs> no one cares. But I remember that being so fun. And then I remember being, you know, when I was an adult and not being able to throw the kids like that. So I was realizing how weak I was compared to dad and uncle Mike at the same age. Oh my god! Yeah, I couldn't. I could. I couldn't do any of that. Right, stuff. it's like barely get grading out of the water. Like so sad for him. Well, we've talked a little bit about some of the games and toys and whatnot. I'm curious. Uh, I, first of all, I'm shocked about your dismissal of Marco Polo. That's so shocking to me. Oh, the worst. Because uh, are there any other organized sort of games that you like to play? Mm. I, you know, I I, I like uh, a little bit of basketball or volleyball in the in the shallow end is fun. But I, I can't think of many organized games. The only thing I remember doing in an organized way was in above ground pools. You would make the whirlwind, the whirlpool rather. Oh, you would just go in a, a circle. That was, and key. then you would just get f- fucking sucked into it, <laughs> into the maelstrom, yeah. <laughs> Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. And that was like the coolest really- thing about the old pool, the four yeah. foot pool, because it was circular and you could stand. So, yeah, dude, I remember Dana and I and Ali probably and our friends doing that like making going around the pool to make that to make that uh what do you call it um whirlpool a whirlpool to create that tornado effect for two hours and then just try like trying to go against it you know like you would make it so strong that it would circle into the center of the pool which was crazy that was the bit you're right besides marco polo that was the biggest game i think and then Maybe just treating night swimming as a game was a whole separate thing. Oh yeah, night swimming, right? of course. That was a whole day. separate thing. Mm-hmm. I was oh, I, I was you- wondering about that. Like, why didn't we always had nerdy games to play that were mm-hmm. related to our interests? So, like, play some kind of GI Joe game, play a Star Wars related Transformers thing. But we didn't really have that for the pool that I can remember. Yeah, like I used to play with guns, like water guns in the pool, and I had some of this stuff written down. And that was what I was talking about earlier. I loved having water guns in the pool. So and just playing G.I. Joe or whatever. It was probably mostly G.I. Joe, maybe Ninja Turtles or something. And I, I really enjoyed that. There was no real penalty for it because you're in the pool and so you're wet. But 
I don't know. I just liked the effect of playing. I loved my war games when I was a kid shooting gun. I don't know what, what that was all about, but maybe it's because I'm I'm uh, crazy. But I was curious what other sort of toys you enjoyed in the pool as well. The floats and the noodles. I loved the pool noodles and just destroy people with those things. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, think about when you get those things really, really saturated. You can oh you can murder a man with one you of those. You really things. could. Like, leave a huge lash on a, on a, per, on a person. <laughs> But I love those. I love tubes too, like circular tubes. And the boys laugh. I do it on Uncle Mike's a lot. I and I think you and I used to do it when I was a kid. But I love taking the tube and then running like full speed and jumping, putting my like turning around and jumping into it. And you either like sometimes I fall out of it, sometimes I land, sometimes I get sucked through it. You know, like you just like <laughs> fold like an accordion. You're going so hard, you just get sucked right through it. And they think that that's, that's really so funny. Fun, I love those. Oh. Tu- I love those circular tubes. It, there's so many pictures of me and Uncle Mike's pool, and now in this pool, me just like accordion in those things because i find it so comfortable for some reason and it, and there's like pictures of me just drinking my beer at uncle mike's like very uh those are the best things. the donut style and these days more i i got like proper lounge floats and i just like that like you're gonna lean back and okay i've been reading in the pool i've the read type where you get wet do you get wet at all yeah, you or get you just wet completely... yeah like your legs like your crotch you know area but you're like dry on your chest and whatnot okay okay and, uh, yeah, that's so reasonable cool. so, yeah we've gotten some good stuff on amazon I like so. That. Uh, yeah. What what other are there any toys or floats or anything like that that uh that you would include in the pool? Yeah the the floats are always fun. I have a very specific memory with like the leisure floats, but the donuts were always fun. And I remember having really little donut tubes and diving, like setting them yeah. up, posture them, and then diving <laughs> through the center of them. <laughs> and sometimes, like you just would miss it and it would just go around your waist, and you'd be like struggling to get your front out of the way, <laughs> the front half of your stuff. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that. I remember like, that you well. would, I would look at that even as a 17 year old and be like, there's no way I'm going to fit through that, but you would just do it anyway. And sometimes you would, if you were wet enough, I guess, if you were kind of greased up enough, you could it's fit the laws through. of physics. I mean, you're going to either, you're going into the water, you're either going through the tube by force or it's going to you know, the air is going to keep you yeah that's it one thing i remembered and just writing jotting down some notes which i forgot about which is hilarious was there it was difficult to do but there were specific times where certainly dana maybe even Allie, but certainly dana would be either sleeping on like a leisure raft and just floating around the pool on like a quiet summer day hot summer day or possibly reading And it was possible, however difficult for me to go outside really slow, go out the slider door, maybe even leave it open so I didn't make any extraneous noise, get in the water (laughs) somehow and just flip her off the raft without (laughs) her even knowing that I was in there. But it would take such such a precise amount of just quiet and patience. Couldn't rush it. Because the slightest thing the video game. Yeah. could just tip her off. You know, you had to do it total Navy SEAL style. That was super fun. And then one of those things you were talking about earlier of diving, you know, we would dive from the three foot section and then sort of take that again, it was a vinyl liner. So we would try to ride that transition down on our belly as we dove in to the three foot into the deep end, which is really dangerous. But you know what I remember doing, dude? I remember, you know, the um, rope that goes across the pool to divide the shallow section from the deep section. I would dive over that. So you'd have to dive, you'd have to run, and it wasn't that much runway there. Run as quick as you can and then do a quick little dash 
and then dive as far as you can and make sure you got over the rope because if you <laughs> I could have killed. I mean, I, I could have been killed. What compels us to yeah, unbelievable? I don't know. Kids are so interesting because I think of the same thing. Like I, I watch these kids in my neighborhood playing and and uh, when I'm out there doing yard work, or whatever, and I'm like, these kids are crazy. You know, like you can't get them, it out of your head once you I, think of it. It's like you got to just do it. The older I get, the more aware I become, even of things I was doing in my 20s. When I think about, for instance, driving a scooter around San Francisco for three years, like a, two, a C, 250cc Yamaha Vino scooter <laughs> and somehow never dying is amazing. I never it's crashed amazing. it. I never dropped it. I never had any incident. That's amazing. I did tell you that I think I kind of swerved away from the cops once. I think I told you. Yeah, that. I remember that. Story, I think I told yeah. that story on here. There was, if, if people know where the old IGN offices is, is are, they're in a town called Brisbane on the peninsula below San Francisco. Beautiful part of South San Francisco. And um, there's just these, it's just kind of, there's just office parks. Otherwise, there's nothing there. So there's these like kind of empty roads. And the roads are like these awesome old probably post-war roads that are kind of just curving and going with the contour of the land. So I would take my scooter after work. I'd go, go down this road. And then when I was going home, there was that one of those roads and I would just gun it on this road, like just like ring. You'd be like, you know, I wasn't going very fast, probably like 50 miles an hour, however fast the thing would go. But a cop once, a San Francisco cop was coming the other way towards me and I, I was speeding. And so I saw his lights go on. And just in in the blink of an eye, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm getting out of here. And I, I literally just like scooted away and like scooted to the side and Got like <laughs> hidden in some sort of parking lot. Evaded I don't know what got him. into me. You know, like I was just like, no, 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 no. And I, I just like I got out. of That's there. hilarious. Yeah, it was just a flips. You know, the the switch flipped, and you. It was flight or fr- uh, what do you call it? Flight or fight. Fr- flight or fight. Yeah, I think it's Slim Thug that said, "Still running from the feds ain't never get caught." You're still on the lamb, by the way. I'm on the lamb right now. Technically. technically. All right. So a couple other things I wanted to touch on. Dig bathing suits. Oh, boy. I feel like the entire styling of bathing suits has changed in my life. Like people used to wear them really long, you know, not capri style, but like below your knee. Now you got your board shorts and all of that. The lining or not the lining, the Speedo. Only dad was the person oh, I ever know that used the Speedo. The speedo. Where are you standing on bathing suits these days? I feel like they've gotten shorter for for yeah. men, and boys. Yes, which is surprising to me. I'm not really comfortable showing that much of the thigh. <laughs> Where are you on the bathing suit? Yeah, seeing that much of the great white, the chunky tuna, right? The big, the that that big white slab of meat. I noticed that while I was shopping for bathing suits a couple of weeks ago. I needed a couple of new ones for the summer, and it's not the board short slash jams knee length style now now it's like cut maybe two inches above the knee type of thing which i guess i got to adjust to but yeah it's like i don't know especially early in the summer you don't need to see that much of my white whiter than white flesh right hanging out type of thing but i'll tell you what the, the speedo thing i'm always interested in because i've always been repelled by that but i do wonder as i get older is it eventually gonna be maybe less insulting and maybe even more appealing. I'm not sure. I can't see me going there though. I just can't see it. It just requires a level of confidence or yeah. a quarter, a sort of shrugging off that I, yes. I, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, it really does. You're right. It requires a real fuck it 
type attitude like fuck i don't care what people think type thing you at least here in the united little... states maybe on the riviera or something it's different but we're right, certainly not right. here yeah. yeah you're in monaco or something like that different story but sure you cock fine but not but not here <laughs> yeah but no not for... but the liner I was going through a thing now where I'm kind of adjusting myself to it again, but I was going through a thing over the last 10 years where I would just cut them out. I just could not even deal with that, especially at the beach. I would come home sometimes, dude, and there would be like, you know, especially if I was really swimming in the surf with Lilia and stuff like that. She's really like an ocean kid. She loves the ocean. And uh, so she has me out there, you know, we're body surfing and we're out there for hours and I would come home, dude, there would be like, sand and shells and like it would just hold all the stuff and it was really uncomfortable you know but i'm kind of going there again especially with the pool because you're kind of mortified that something's gonna show right something's gonna you don't want yeah, to it's like when you emerge too much it's like when you emerge it's it, there it's just going to be grabbing your balls it's just the way it is like that's the way there's an, almost a move that you have like a man should have when he gets out of the pool to kind of like straighten himself out immediately yes you know? uh, yeah so absolutely no and I think, it's accepted. I, think, I think it's accepted like because i was going to ask you about the protocol right like, yeah, yeah i think that part of the protocol is it's kind of accepted that you're going to be picking at yourself a little bit <laughs> but it's to aesthetically save yourself and everyone around you from absolutely. seeing just mounds of balls and dicks everywhere. it's better than the alternative yeah you gotta do a little adjusting it's like picking your wedge type of thing it's the mm-hmm. same type of a deal i guess like just ex- socially accepted that I got to do a little bit of maneuvering. Maybe if you're really slick, you could do like the distraction, maybe put this hand over here, do yeah. something and you want to do it. Slight little slight hand. When I was a kid and I'm sure it was the same for you too. Bathing suits universally seem to have had like the netting inside that white netting, which I yeah. never really understood. I never understood the point of that. Personally. Yeah, that mesh. yeah. The mesh. And now bathing suits don't really all seem to have that anymore. Like, the more board sort shorts type thing do you do you like because that that cuts into my thighs like my like my grundle area almost like it's just yeah. very uncomfortable what is the point of that just to kind of keep everything in order i guess yeah so things didn't get too yeah it's like a little, a little cradle hairy. for you <laughs> that's what i was talking about i would cut out because at the beach that's it's horrible because it right, just right, holds right. everything in there the right, sand right, right. and the silt and okay, the shells so one and and the same i got you the sea glass all that kind of shit but yeah now i think they make it and you're right there was a period where that stuff was like razor wire it was like ridiculous it was like why can it be cotton or something yeah, like why does it have to be grabbing at me like this <laughs> now it's now it seems to be they're doing a little better job maybe a little brushed cotton it's a little little easier, a little gentler. But uh, yeah, now it's like I leave it there because I'm so afraid there's going to be a mishap and I'm going to commit some kind of foul with the neighbors or I have to see these people all the time, especially the people, not at the ocean so much, but at the pool. So yeah, you got to kind of kind of got to obey protocol a little bit with that. Yeah, I'm trying to we have to be patient for a couple of seasons as our like shrubbery grows in because it's pretty exposed right now, our pool. <laughs> yeah, that takes but- time. Yeah, I mean, I would much rather have a uh, privacy fence, but you're not allowed to have them by HOA, HOA rules, although apparently anything goes. So. <laughs> Dig, is there anything that we haven't touched upon with the pool that you'd like to talk about? You know what? There was one place that I had to tell you about because you weren't even around for this. And I'm not even sure how much you know about this. You have to tell me. 
there was a, and speaking of public pools, right? We grew up with the whole tool pool in Suffolk County on Long Island. That's where I learned, you know, I, I didn't learn how to swim there, but mom and dad tried to get me to learn how to swim there. And you know what the ironic part coming full circle with the Holtzville pool and swim lessons was that I got qualified to be a lifeguard there via Boy Scouts and my merit badges, lifesaving and lifeguard merit badges and going through all the trials and tribulations of being a lifeguard and getting, you know, approved, getting accredited. And then I got a thing where I could be a lifeguard there one summer. And I was like, no, I'm not. You know, there's just too many bad memories of that place. I really found that place miserable. But that was a funny way for it to go full circle. But there was a public pool in Nassau County by grandma's house that I grew up going to. And again, I had stopped going to this place by the time we were born. So by the time October 94, 84 rolled around, this was definitely not a thing anymore. But I researched it online, still there. It's in Nassau County in North Hills, Roslyn Heights, maybe North Roslyn, not far from grandma's house at all. It's a public pool for Nassau County residents. And you could go there and pay like double the price if you don't live in that, if you're not, not a Nassau County resident, but it's called Christopher Morley Park. And it was built for the famous writer, Christopher Morley. Apparently it was built in 61. I went in probably the late 70s was my heyday at this place. But I had remembered it always being very big and very fancy. And I always remembered it feeling like a stadium. With a swim, like a giant Olympic size swimming pool in the middle. Now that I see it, there's a kiddie pool area with all these slides and it's much more modern, but there's bleachers along, I guess, three sides of this thing where there was when I was, when I was younger. And that's what I was kind of, those are the memories I was channeling. But the craziest thing that I remember there was there was this giant clock tower. And it almost reminded me of the same clock tower that is on the highway going towards Jones Beach. But I remember this iconic clock tower. And I looked it up. It's still there. And it's the strangest sort of architectural feature. It's this standalone clock tower. It's kind of like in the parking lot. There's no other really buildings or infrastructure around it. And it's basically a concrete tower with a spiral staircase going all the way up, almost like uh, you would see in a lighthouse. And there's a modern really kind of a modern looking clock face at the top with a square representing the 12, the three, the six, and the nine, right? And all you you could just climb those exterior steps to the top and just climb back down. It's the weirdest thing. And it's probably two or three stories high. It's not that big. But I remember being a kid and being like in awe of it. Like it was so cool. I would always tie that memory into going to Christopher Morley Park and the other thing that I remember was Aunt Joanie and Aunt Carla would always take us. I'm sure Dana was in tow a lot as well. And I remember there was this one time we went, it was a sunny day, swimming, maybe got Burger King on the way home or something. Typical thing that would happen every time we went. But this one time, we were kind of just hanging out poolside. Aunt Carla and Aunt Joanie were like on the lounge chairs, just chilling. And we were sitting around playing checkers or whatever we were doing. And this giant bumblebee flew down. And I remember, you know, when, I, when you're a kid, you just think, all right, this thing was like the size of a tennis ball, right? It was like so big. But what it was in retrospect, it was a carpenter bee. You know, those wood bees that are really big and sort of kind of like, they just fly really slow and they're very lumbering. And maybe it was dying or something. I have no idea. It didn't bother anybody. But I remember 
it was either Aunt Joy and Aunt Carla taking their flip-flop off and killing it. And I remember how sad I was because it was just sitting there. It wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and that same day, dude, as we're leaving, I'm walking you know, through the grass to get to the car in the parking lot. And I step in this patch of clover, you know, those white flowers. Mm-hmm. And a bee stings me on the bottom of the foot. And it was like, I remember it was my first thinking like, oh, that was karma. Like, mm. and I, but I didn't kill the bee. So I was yeah. pissed. Yeah. And I remember how much it hurt that we had to stop at a drugstore and get Neosporin or some sort of um, antibiotic, you know, whatever it was to put on it because I was crying because it hurt. Like the bee stung me right on the bottom of the foot. And it was just a honeybee, you know, it wasn't anything big. You're being a little dramatic. I was being a little dramatic. Yeah. But, uh, and I was also 19 years old. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so funny that Christopher Morley Park is still there. And I have such vivid memories, but there's no way I've been there in the, you know, that was the first eight or nine years of my life at best. And I haven't been there since. But even looking at pictures, it hasn't changed that much. You know what I mean? It's so interesting. And also, interestingly enough, you could go there for cheaper. Then our pool, and this is, you know, people talk about New York and the price of things and the taxes and how inflated everything is, but there, Christopher Morley Park is still cheaper than my public pool. So how do you like that? Well, I wanted to ask you one last question in parting, which was, yeah, uh, sure. what about you getting a pool? Would you, would you ever get a pool in your backyard? Is that something you're Yeah, interested? we're talking about it now. Again, it's that type of thing where it's so ironic, right? We were, you know this, we were looking at houses 12 years ago, right? To, to move into our second home. And we would purposely, we would roll up to a house and go and look in the yard. And if there was a pool, we'd be like, no, like that was the deal breaker. Having the in-ground pool is the deal breaker. And I don't even know what was going through our heads at the time. I think just having little ones, you know, at that time, one little one and one would be on the way soon. And I think the, the, for some reason, even though I grew up with a pool, the notion of the kid falling in the pool just scared us for some reason. And I regret that so much, dude, because it's so, as you know, it it's a lot of money and we're kind of weighing how long we're going to be here versus the investment. Will the kids enjoy it? We got one going off to college in three or four more years. How we're, how we're trying to weigh how worth it it'll be to consider it now but we do have a very nice backyard for it i mean it's a it's a nice plot we have plenty of room um a lot of you know a lot of our neighbors have pools in their yards and it is nice there's something nice about not having to go to the public pool you know totally yeah you know as you well know now right having it right outside your door you just go for a dip i vibe with it i just um like it gets me away from everything every day for a little while i go out there i have a beer or like smoke a joint float so around the nice. pool you know that's so nice, swim dude. around i got the little gems that you throw in the pool and then you have to go find them i love doing that oh that's and, awesome and so like yeah, i just I, and then something i disconnect for 30 60 90s so i'm out there sometimes for two hours or more just floating around reading looking at the sky getting drunk <laughs> whatever you the case build might be. your whole life especially in the summertime your whole lifestyle around that company barbecuing cookouts eating outside you got the vibe of the water there's something so nice about I don't know if you have lights and stuff out there yet, but there's something so nice about the atmosphere of the pool in the backyard at night with the water gleaming off of things and sort of the ripple, that water reflecting off of everything and the calm and the sound. 
even the smell of the chlorine, there's something about mm-hmm. that atmosphere totally. that just changes everything, right? I totally agree. So totally agree. it's so nice for you to have that. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's that thing. Well, I never thought I would seriously consider it in this house because this is not where we want to be. This is not our be all, be all end all. We want to go south or we want to go to the water, right? So, but in the interim, is it worth it? I don't know. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah, that. I mean, if you... I'm glad it's done now and it can be used, but it was a fucking nightmare getting built. Oh, and I yeah. And I hear a lot. I hear a lot of stories like of, of just horrible pool companies. Not only mine. Absolutely. Fucking atrocious, but the uh, ju- it's just like everyone I talk to in, in trade, let's say, we're like, oh, I've heard so many stories like this. Or, oh, yeah, the I can't like this imagine. or whatever. And I'm like, I, why? Why? It's so, it's so strange. And I couldn't help but think I'm like, man. I should invest some money and get an operation like a turnkey operation going where we like build pools, but like it's high quality. It's like, it seems like there's a demand for it. It's like, don't you we, think we that build pool, we build pools and we do what we say we're going to do. It's crazy. Right? Like, right. Do you know how successful you would be? Right. It's like, it, yeah, you're, especially, you're a, you're an app, you know, you're a, you're a gem in a field of coal, you totally. know, it's, it's unbelievable to me. I know it's a nightmare. I think, I think it's the nature of contracting in the last couple of years of what's going on in the world, but I'm sure it's always been, you know, there's something there. I don't know if it's like a sense of entitlement because you're automatically dealing with people that you assume have some money. So, you know what I mean? You you know that you kind of already, you know what I mean? Like you have, it seems like the pool people, the pool contractor, the pool, whatever you want to call it the people that that put in your pool, it seems like they have the upper hand over the client. Definitely. Which is yeah, strange. Yeah, they have you by the balls, dude. But you should paying. see what your yard looks like when like they're they're building your pool. You know? <laughs> like they know they have you. And there's nothing you can really do. It's it's, is that it's, funny, it's bad. Dude? I don't run business like that. I don't get it at all. But I thought this was a fun conversation, Dave, all about the pool, our experiences with the pool. Encouraging everyone to not do the things we used to do in the pool, but be safe. <laughs> Something yeah. those memories, man. I don't know how we survived. Isn't it so crazy? It is. There, yeah. there is definitely something. I'm sure you could speak to this too. And a lot of people, not just not just men either, but women too. Just a human thing. It's like, and this is the skateboarder in me too. It's like once I get that idea, something's always going to be nagging me until I do it. I just have to do it. And I don't even consider myself like this gnarly X Games extreme dude. But there is some component in my brain where it's like, there's the roof of the house and there's the pool. I have to do it. There's no totally. way I can't do it. I agree. You know, and, and you sometimes you pay the price, but sometimes you don't. <laughs> Hopefully you don't. But uh, yeah, thank you all out there for listening. And Dig, let's let's end our episode as we always do with a dad joke. All right. I had a good one here. Oh, don't tell me I lost it. I can't lose this one, Kyle. Hold on. I'm looking. Oh, here it is. Okay. Kyle. <laughs> Last night, I had a dream that I weighed less than a thousandth of a gram. I was like, OMG. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told that one before. No, All of a sudden, I'm getting yeah. flashbacks for some reason. No, yeah, I, I, don't, I haven't heard that one. I would remember that. Okay. All right. Good. Whew. I'm off the hook. Well, Dig, that's all we have for this episode of Knockback. Thank you so much out there for your love, kindness, and support of our show on Patreon, patreon.com slash lastdaymedia. You can watch on YouTube, listen on podcast services, of course, buy merch if you'd like. Over on Discord, we have links for that now. 
And uh, we'll see you next time for more. Until then, goodbye. Go take a dip. Knockback, a retro and nostalgia podcast, is a product and trademark of Last Stand Media and Collins Last Stand LLC and is recorded from Central Virginia and the Philadelphia suburbs, USA. The show was conceived by and is produced by me, Colin Moriarty. My co-host is Dagan Moriarty. Knockback's executive producer is Dustin Furman, and the show is edited by associate producer Ben Smith. All of Last Stand's theme music is by Ramon Narvaez. As you know, all of Last Stand Media's shows, including Knockback, are fan-funded on Patreon at patreon.com slash laststandmedia. The following names are at the producer support level or higher on Patreon, and we're grateful for your kindness and generosity. Casual Misfits Gaming, Stephen Nieder, Ross Marenka, Miguel A. Brewer, Morgan Ashley, Azan, Michael Vecchio, Jerome Ferreira, SLVFMA, Daniel D'Amore, Brad Cooley, Jeremy Key, Patrick Leslie, Malachi Wall, Dave Cowell, Donald John Vader, Stephen Innerfield, Lord Starscream, Jacob Dunnabin, Eduardo Perez, Salty Trees, My Name is Mayo, Logan Byford, GJ, Eddie Medina, Jason R. Zahn, Christopher Knox, Zeno Adam, Grayson Maxwell, Cody Woodall, Nuclear Prostate, Sorta Serious Gaming, Colin Farley, Mark Arnold, Zia Parrix, Henry Groth, Relentless Rex, Tristan Palacios, Drew Mullen, Graham Plays, Christian R., Jad Reed, Benjamin Mumma, Patrick Skipper, Brian Hernandez Espinoza, Chris Kelly, Remington Wilson, Dustin Graff, Peyton Stone, Jalapeno, Josh Hallen Rui, Michael Buffel, Dan Root, Asak Parides, Talisman, Christopher Morgan, Randall Holsey, Robbie Nauman, William Holbert, Josh Godfrey, Kalike Souza, Vornak, Betty Ann Moriarty, Daniel Johnson, H. Tronge, JT, Antonio C., Jay Getter, Assassinated Devil, Bjorn Campbell, Andrew Morgan, Jeff Mercado, Gregory Slavinsky, Jordan Gale, of Fortuna, John Zeal, Boots, Tyler Brown, Megadet, Poot, Gavin Newland, Alex LaPierre, Saul Balcazar, Brian White, Raul Melendez, Eric Harden, Alex Bolt, Matt Flowers, Kinnums, Joseph Baker, Bustard, Rodney Coleman, Cruxes, Chris Moore, Caswell, Anti Kinnanen, Chris, Dave Alvarez, Will Hernandez, Chris Galvin, Justin Gonzalez, Mason Cadillac, Ollie Fritz, Zach Allen, Kyle Hagel, Colin Love, Daryl E. Naaman, Ryan R. Kittredge, Toby Ryland, Michael S., David Bostick, Stewie 108, Patrick Montgomery, Simon Dunbar, D.B. Cooper, Fat Houdini, Richter 86, Ian Bravo, Barrett Boswell, Christopher DeVaio, Chris Morton, Johnny Waffles, Roto 24, Jonathan Coates, Sean Mason, Josh Gravelick, Jordan Town, Brian Chan, Organic Produce, Carlos Algorit, Dominic, Mike Menzel, Richard Hebert III, Miranda. Miranda Grubba, Josh Yeager, Martin Beck, Gavin, Joey Andrzejczyk, Nathan R., Joe McPartland, Gary Cavallo, Christopher Moore, Jacob Bell, Dennis Usel, Lou and Ray Loper, Jonathan Cortez, Dylan Burns, John Schultz, David Chestnut, Tom Quinn, Anton Kay, Alan Tremblay, Tyler Bellow, Ryan T. Mandel, Tony Zuniga, Sean Battershall, Robbie Hensley, Alex Cabrera, Lennon Brixey, Hugo's Desk, Peter Reynolds, Anthony Vasquez, Adam Kiniston, The Rose Experience, and Grizzled Veterans Media, Tyler Goodwin, William O'Carroll, Jorge Powell, Max Cannon, Phil Crone, Throw Seven, Adam Nix, Josh McKinney, Michael Gates, Alex Gates, Ryan Robertson, Sean Chandler, Lockmore, Geo Corsi, Joey Gonholliger, Gerald Pennington, Justin Payne, Justin Wagaman, David Iacolucci, Paul Joyce, Chad Lewis, Enrique Perez, Joshua Smallwood, Spencer Brand, Don Lee, John Cordero, Andrew, Keith A. Lewis, Ashley Carlson, Marius Carson Peterson, Ryan Greenwood, Tyler Harris, Matthew Perdue, Patrick Carper, Mad Mock Media, and Jonathan Rice. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.